Prepare for an artistic journey through time and creativity with the Black Women's Stitch 2024 wall calendar. More than a way to track dates, the calendar is a gallery on your wall, celebrating Black women's contributions to sewing, activism, and culture. Each month brings a new original Black art ready to inspire or to become a future frame keepsake. And that's not all. Experience the joy of creativity with three fusible applique patterns by the acclaimed illustrator Janine LaCour, creator of that brilliant Black magic leopard fabric. The calendar is a year-long celebration of community, creativity, and expertise. Order your Black Women Stitch 2024 wall calendar today and get your stitch together with a year of artistic inspiration. This is Carmen Green, founder and curator of the Black Sewing Network Experience. Black Sewing Network, also known as BSN, is a network that amplifies and celebrates Black voices in the sewing community 365 days a year. We host daily live sew-alongs, sometimes multiple times a day, primarily in the TikTok space, but also across all social media platforms. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to tune into the Ladies of BSN series on the Stitch Please podcast. Special thanks to Lisa of Black Women Stitch for always being so supportive of BSN and for sharing this amazing platform with our incredible host. You can find our up-to-date sew-along schedule at www.blacksewingnetwork.com and we would love to see you join us at our next sew-along. Thank you again for all your support and enjoy the rest of this episode. Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hey, friends. Hey, it is Lisa from Black Women's Stitch and the Stitch Please podcast coming to you live or I'll be a recording from Charlottesville, Virginia, connecting to Atlanta, Georgia for a, as I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode is helping us to do two things at once. One, we're talking a little bit more about the Black Sewing Network and some of the wonderful folks that work with them. And two, you get to be introduced again, or in a new and different way, to one of the most quintessential sewing influence. This is someone who has worked in the blogosphere. This is someone who is active on Instagram. This is someone who is starting to take over TikTok. She also has a YouTube channel. And something that I really appreciate that's close to my heart, she is a planner. And I love a planner. She lays out her sewing plans for the for the season. She has little tiny pictures and everything. She does pattern hauls. And she actually, check this out, sews the patterns she buys. Like, what? Sometimes, what kind of, sometimes. What, what, kind of, what kind of nonsense is that? I mean, you buy them and you cut them? I mean, we have all the time in the world, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, and she's also an engineer which is another amazing thing. I know quite a few people who are sewists and quilters who are engineers. Latifa Safir is an engineer. So to have Tiffany Turner, also known as Tip Stitch, with us today, 
is a great treat. Welcome, Tiffany. Welcome to Thank the you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Like, that made me sound way more impressive than I am. I appreciate it. Listen, you are impressive and just got to start practicing it more. So I like to ask folks, like, what is your sewing story? Was this something you started as a small child? It's something that you did as an adult in need of a stress reliever? What is your sewing story? So I didn't start sewing until I was an adult, which is odd because the, some of the women in my family sew, like not all of them. And it wasn't something I saw a lot of, but I knew that they did it. And I used to always see clothing in stores. And you know how you see something in a color that you don't like, but the outfit's cute yeah. or they have the print off and don't match up. And I used to think like it would be cool if you could just do it yourself. Then you could have exactly what you wanted, the right length, the right whatever. But it just seemed like such an abstract idea to be able to sew your own clothes or something that old women, I don't know. I just, it didn't seem like a real possibility. And then in 2014, I just was sort of like, I think I can do this. Um, I'll try it. And I've been following Mimi G and she had her 30 minute pencil skirt tutorial. And I was like, that doesn't look that hard. Surely I can figure that out. Um, and so I borrowed my mother's sewing machine, which she's never gotten back. See, this is why you can't let kids borrow nothing, Steve. Mm -mm. She has another one. Okay, so you stole your mama's sewing machine, and then what happened? I stole her sewing machine, and I made the skirt. And it turns out dreadful. Like, there's still a picture somewhere on my Instagram feed. I share it about once a year. It was, it was trash. It was trash. <laughs> it was a cheap knit. It, did, it, was, it was trash. It oh didn't look nothing God. like me with the skirt. And I was pissed. Oh. And my husband said, why in the world would you think that the first time you touch the sewing machine, it would come out perfect? And I was like, because I follow the instructions. Like, ain't that what you're supposed to do? And he was like, stick with it. And I was like, I, I bet he regrets that now. But anyway, so yeah, so I, I <laughs> uh, that was my story. And once I started, I was just very hooked. I always wanted a hobby, but I'm a Gemini and I'm like really scatterbrained and I have lots of personalities and lots of interests. Uh, and sewing is literally the only thing I've ever stuck to. It's been about a decade now, and I'm I'm still in love with it as I was when I started. So I'm just happy I finally found it. My only regret is not starting sooner. I think that's such a powerful claim in so many ways. The idea that you could look at clothes in a store and say, I like this thing about it, but I don't like that thing about it. And instead of saying, let me see if I can buy another thing that looks like what I want, you said, let me see if I can make it. Let me see if I can make it. I think that comes from, like I said, like my my mother, especially, she is a person when we would go shopping with clothes, with shoes, with anything, if you saw a dress with a floral pattern, she would look through all the sizes that were her size. So if she was a size 10, she would look at every size 10 in the store and be like, I like where this pattern placement is better on this 10 than I do on that. And so I started looking at that kind of stuff really early. Like, okay, this shoe has all the blue, but none of the red. And then this shoe has all, I want mine to be the same. And I would like switch a shoe out of one box into another box and be like, okay, I like that set together better. So I don't know. That's just how I always looked at things. Do you think there's anything related to that that has to do with your work as an engineer? And I just must say right now, I'm not totally sure what an engineer actually does. Beyond being somebody that runs a train, I don't know what the other engineers do, okay? Unless you got on a blue denim coverall and a magic cap and a, and a cap and a red handkerchief around your neck and it's not like 1942, 
I don't know what a train, what you do as an engineer. Okay. I thought engineers made engines. So. Oh, that's a, I mean. Please say more about, about how like your, the work that you do with engineering might connect to how you sew. So they definitely, I do think help each other. Growing up, I always thought of myself as a very analytical person. Um, I was a person who loved math, who loved science. I'm very, what's that left brained, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always very analytical in that way. And so I didn't really think I was creative because I really did so well in that. It wasn't until I became an adult that I sort of realized that that can transfer over from one side to the other. And I was like, oh, this really makes sense. So for me, my background is civil engineering, which is basically just building literally anything. And so I do plans and I do 2D work that becomes 3D projects, um, roadways, buildings, structures, bridges, those kind of things. That's how I think I sort of look at sewing patterns, right? Yeah. Like you have a pattern and you have this 2D piece of tissue or paper or, t- or 2D flat fabric, and then you turn it into this three-dimensional object. And yes. so I think that transfers very similarly to me. Like we all do. We look at someone's outfit and we say, oh my God, that's so cute. And we immediately start like deconstructing it in our head so we can put yes. it back together for us later. I think my engineering brain is just very attuned to doing that. Yes, yes. Oh, I think that that's such a great answer because it does show how sewing is a, an art and it's a craft, but it is also picks up some elements of engineering and design. Like there's certain things you have to do when constructing a pair of pants to help them go all over your legs, you know, right. like that's something that comes from structural engineering, the way that the thing is meant to be put together. And the steps, like you do this seam and then you do this seam and sort of like you can't build a house without the foundation first and then the frames. And then, so I I think I sort of approach it in the same way. Now that is also has its limitations. I'm not a person who's going to buy a dress form and start draping. That don't make no sense to me. That's not, there's no math in that. It's just like, pretty. nah, I can't do it. Oh, that is so awesome. I used to have a dress form and I had to get rid of it because every time I would come down to the store room, it would scare the shit out of me. Like, I always thought there was somebody in here who looked like me, but didn't have a head. And it was <laughs> unnerving, okay? And I... That is scary. It's unnerving. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fit it on the body I have, okay? I'm not, I can't have no extra bodies laying around. Clearly, my nerves aren't built for that. But one of the things I do appreciate, and when we, we see this when we look at your, um, at your wonderful YouTube channel, is the way that you blend fashion, sewing, and DIY... I feel like one of the contributions that I appreciate about your work, Tiffany, is how you are like, like you're a big cheerleader for sewing. Yeah, you're not just going to say, rah, rah, I love sewing. You say all that, but then you also equip people for success. And I see that in your channel. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you organized your work since the beginning, since um, starting out with the blog to like basically equip people to enjoy sewing too? Yes. I initially, I mean, if anybody's been following me way back, they remember I used to go by frugal or frugi fashionista because I was all about saving money with sewing. I've sort of progressed past that now. It's a problem. But that was my thing in the beginning. So I was very eager to show people that you could sew, learn to sew and sew your own clothes. And it didn't have to be this super expensive hobby, which it still doesn't have to be. It just sort of is fun when it is. Um, So I guess I always wanted to have a value add. When I was looking for new patterns, I wanted to know, you know, what people thought about them, see the reviews, see them on other bodies. 
um, when I was a new sewist. I wanted all the tips and tricks, you know, and it wasn't that I didn't want to do my own research and learn because I went, we didn't have the same social media exactly back then. Right. There was a lot of YouTube videos and it was a lot of searching because there's different ways to do multiple things. So I never was satisfied with just knowing one way. I was like, well, how do I know if this is the best way if I don't see another way? So just as I learned, I wanted to share what I learned yeah. with other people. And I do like things, uh, despite the mess that my sewing room currently is, I do like things fairly structured. So in my mind, I was always thinking about like how I can do the value add. Like even with my blog post, there's a template and I follow the template every time. That way no one's surprised and I don't forget to cover anything. I really love the way you think about structure and the way you think about planning. I love all of that. I love templates. I love like, okay, these are the three steps I know I have to do every single time. It just gives me a sense of like confidence, you know, like I might not be able to get to the exact outcome as I might envision it right now, but I do know if I follow these steps, I'm going to it be much closer to it. Exactly. exactly. Yes, that is really enjoyable. Now, the blog is something that you did that was visual. So you had images, you had text, you, you know, you told stories, you broke things down, you described your process really beautifully. Have you discovered any difference in shifting from a written and photograph medium to something like YouTube, for example, where you're doing face-to-face videos, you're, you know, you're reviewing things, you're showing examples? Um, you're definitely right. There are some similarities and some differences. So for me, I'm a very vocal person. I'm a very animated person. Most of the time I'm, I'm very vocal. Like most people have to shut me up. So I do like the YouTube and say like the TikTok where you're doing most of your information from videos. My problem with that is, is I'm a perfectionist <laughs> and I tend to want to re-record things and get it just right. Oh my. And so it takes me a lot longer to prepare the video. Right, which is was I'm I'm working on progress, not perfection. Working that's on right. it. That's right. That's right. So that that's my biggest hindrance there. But like talking naturally and not having a script and just you know sharing the information, I really enjoy that part. Whereas with the blog, honestly, I really hate taking blog photos. I really do. Oh, really? It's fun. It doesn't look like it. It does. Your pictures look very cheerful. You do not look like somebody who is you know resentful in front of the camera. I do not like it. One is I take my own photos. It's me in a tripod out yep. on the street, on a lake, on a sidewalk in front of my house. Like that's is that's me. One of those is my neighbor's backyard. Like I will take a picture anywhere. Um, I don't really mind that part, but like just setting it up and making sure that I go out at the right time of day and finding a good background to use and then like not using the same background every time because I get sort of bored with that. It's just a, it, I don't know. It's it's a lot of work to get like fully dressed. Just like if I'm getting fully dressed to go to something and I can take pictures while I'm there, that's fine. Yeah. But if I have to just get fully dressed to go take photos and then come back home and eat dinner, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, that's not thrilling to me, but, <laughs> but I, I want the pictures to look a certain way. So of, of course I do it. And I, you know, like there are a lot of people who don't show their face and show their garments on like the dress form or something like that. I just, that doesn't really speak to me. So like I have to put it on and I don't have anybody else to put it on. Like I don't have a right. model. So it, it just has to be me. Right. And then writing the blog post, one of the reasons why I do the template is I realized that I was spending a lot of time trying to come up with the correct verbiage and make sure 
that I caught, mm. like tips that I thought about while I was sewing the garment or like, what did I change so people will know? So that's why I came with the template that way that I would not forget the things that I wanted to share each time. And so they're, they're just different. I don't, I'm not a writer. I don't really like writing, but blogging can be done from the comfort of my sofa in PJs. Whereas like a video, I actually yes. get, up and get dressed and get my ring light out and do all the things. So, you know, I try to do both. And I think you do both effectively. If you are a Patreon supporter, and seriously, why are you not? Totally join the Patreon. Really a lot of fun. And you get to have videos of these great episodes. So if you were a Patreon supporter, you could see this amazing image right now of Tiffany in two different dresses. Both of them look kind of summerish to me, but they are both lovely. So can you walk us through the two looks we have right here? So the two looks here, um, I forget the pattern number for the first one, but that is Mimi's pattern. I think it's, I'm not going to say. It's a simplicity pattern. It's one of Mimi's patterns. And it was really cute on her. I had it for a couple of seasons and did not sew it right away. I like mixing prints. Yes. Uh, it's really fun. And this is actually the same print, but on two different scales. And I just oh, thought that yes. was a cute, yes. a cute combo. So I went with that. And then the one on the right is actually a jumpsuit. It's McCall 7577 or 7757. It's a lot of sevens and fives. And that floral fabric is from Melanated Fabrics, a Mimi store here in Atlanta. Yeah. And I made, I've made that pattern before. And as I like to say, I, I outgrew it. Ah, uh, I see. Mm-hmm. So we had to make it again. So yeah, this is my version of that and it's just a really cute jumpsuit that I feel like you can always dress up or dress down you can wear sort of anything exactly I love it I love the fullness I love the drama and the, those pockets yes I mean I love that I love anything with a pocket if I can add a pocket if there's not a pocket and I can add a pocket I add it I think you're right because I think that that would be just so terribly sad to have pants that like voluminous and no pocket so I'm glad that that pattern has that. Black Women's Stitch is happy to celebrate the 200th episode of the Stitch Please podcast with AccuQuilt. It's our birthday, but thanks to AccuQuilt, we're giving gifts. All September, we counted down to 200 episodes in October. Every week, we gave away one AccuQuilt Go Me fabric starter set and culminated with the grand prize giveaway of the Go Big electric fabric cutter starter set. If you are new to AccuQuilt and are thinking about investing in their system, the Ready, Set, Go bundle is your best value. Ready, Set, Go provides everything you needed to get started. An AccuQuilt Go cutter, the 8-inch cube with 8 essential dies to create 72 blocks, a die to easily cut multiple strips, squares, and diamonds. You also get a pattern book. And the best part is, at any time, you can upgrade your Go cutter to the fantastic Go Big, which is what I have where the AccuQuilt magic can happen at the touch of a button. June Taylor, a well-known name in the Notions game, is now part of AccuQuilt. Links to AccuQuilt's wonderful products can be found in the show notes. I want to turn a little bit to talk about the planning that you do. And what we're looking at now, y'all, is her end of summer reveal. She makes a plan and then she follows her plan, and then she documents how much of her plan that she did. I mean, what's not to love? I say that because I'm looking at the caption. This is a screenshot I took of an Instagram yeah. post, and it says, 
I didn't make as much as I planned, but I did dot, dot, dot. And I'm like thinking, what are you talking about? Because all of these are amazing, especially this swimsuit right here. We, you know, we're not talking about how you out there killing them um, <laughs> in that in that middle left photo. And again, if you had the Patreon, you could see what I'm talking about because, wow, we. Uh, so tell us about so, so this image reflects the end of your summer plan. How did, how did it go? What did, the rest, what did the rest of the caption say? So this was, I think I didn't make as much as I planned, but I did make a few good looks or, or something like that. And yes, that, that was not everything that I had planned. <laughs> I used to always do exactly what you said. The, here are my plans. Um, I always say I reserve the right to change my mind because I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish. So it, exactly. it could always change. But I usually put out a, a plan for the season and then I'll do, I'll, I'll make hopefully most of it. And then I usually will do a recap at the end of the quarter. And then I do another one at the end of the year, typically. But um, yeah, so the problem is, is that I do make a plan. So thank you for like giving me my kudos for that. I do try to make a plan. My hard part is sticking to the plan. So mm-hmm. that bathing suit was not on the plan. That ended up coming up because Simplicity McCall's had their Barbie pink challenge. Oh, uh, the only pink fat because I'm not a pink person. The only pink fabric I had was that swimsuit fabric. And I was like, well, swimsuit it is. Um, <laughs> I love it. I can't believe that that swimsuit was an accident or that swimsuit was serendipitous. Yeah, it was totally like, oh, I was like, what can I possibly make out of like this small remnant of pink? I think I bought it for my daughter. I don't know why I bought it, but I was like, mm, okay. So I had to make that work. And then, of course, I needed something to wear to the Renaissance show, which I know you also attended. So I I had to have something to wear to that. And I think that was before she said definitely wear silver. But either way, I was like, I'm going to wear silver. And that was like another thing that I sold maybe two days or the day before the show. So (laughs) some of those and then the skirt set that wasn't planned either. Now that I think about it, that came about because I found that remnant fabric at Walmart. I got like four yards, like four yards of fabric for ten dollars or something i don't know and i was like oh i can make this a set watch me so so that's where that came from i was i was a little bit off this summer i just i don't know but i had fun making what i made i am just sitting here sitting on my hands very glad that i can't bop you on the forehead for talking down about yourself through the computer because there is nothing about this grid that says i didn't do enough or I didn't do what I thought I was going to do, or I didn't do what I planned. Because I just set really high unrealistic goals. That's the problem. Like that's probably they're, it. They're yeah. unre- like I could probably not sew everything on that fall vision board if I made something every other day. Like I would, because I'm going to add more stuff to it. That's that's the problem. Yeah. If I would just stick to what's on the board, that would that would be one thing. But I'm always going to add a few extra things because a challenge comes up, an event comes up. A new exactly. pattern drops that I fall in love with. And it's, it's yeah. going to have to get inserted in there somewhere. And I think that that's one of the great things about a plan, right? A plan is a set of guidelines. A plan is a set of possibilities. Yes. A plan is a set of actionable options. A plan is not a contract. Exactly. Exactly. It is not that. It's not something that you have to follow to the letter of the law. You are the law. You're the one that wrote it. And I think that's why a lot of sewists have a problem because everyone's always like, oh, my God, I can't believe you plan all that out. But I do think that's part of the thing with sewists is typically 
we're creative people. We just like to be led by the touch and the feel and the colors and the whatever, right? But just because you make a plan, exactly, you do not have to stick to the plan. The the plan can be changed. Of course. And this is one of the things about sewing that I wish more people would practice. I tend to see sewing as a liberatory practice, something that's meant to be freeing. And in some ways, patterns um, can be can be that patterns can absolutely be that, but they can also be incredibly restrictive, mm-hmm. you know, whether because they're not size inclusive enough, which I find a big problem or because they want you to make it look exactly as it does on the envelope. But that doesn't seem to be like the goal of buying a pattern. You don't buy a pattern because you and your friends all want to look exactly the same exactly the same or exactly like the person on the envelope like these are all meant to be suggestions you know that's why they call them fabric suggestions i totally agree you know you have to understand the principles right like okay well this fabric this is a swimsuit they're calling for stretch fabric at 70 percent stretch if i make mine out of denim it'll be the world's worst swimsuit you know that makes sense but for everything else i just feel like when i look at this grid and y'all you get to see how she puts these things together, the way she draws on and has these colorful illustrations that look these gorgeous, perfect mock-ups of what she's going to make. And I can, I can see you in these looks. I can see, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see her in that, in this one in the lower right corner that has the big cutaway. And I always wondered how that shirt would work with a bra or without a bra. And I can't wait till Tiff makes it so I can see, (laughs) you know, like, I think that is ridiculously fun. And also, I think by making a plan, it's like you're offering a promise to yourself. Yes. And you're not breaking your promise by changing your plan. You're keeping your promise by making anything. And that's totally how I look at it is like, I'll lay all this out and I usually backtrack when it comes to jeans. Like I always put a pair of jeans (laughs) and every fall and winter, I put a pair of jeans. I ain't made a pair of jeans yet. So one of these days, hopefully this season, I'm actually going to make, maybe not both, but at least one of these pairs of jeans. Like, let's keep our Good. But yeah, I, I put it up there as sort of like, um, you know, like an ambition. It's like you're setting the goal for yourself. And then I don't beat myself up if I don't get to it. Because life happens. Like, let's be honest. Things happen. You, your husband, your kids, your family, whoever, work happens. Things happen where, you yeah. know, maybe, I mean, like, poor you in the, in the ankle. like. You don't know what may happen. You don't know. So you you have to be flexible if that, if something pops up, one of the dresses on this board, the plaid dress, I have that fabric to make a cardigan. And as soon as I saw this pattern drop, I said, nope, switch it. Right. So you just have, as long as you haven't cut it, you can still make these changes. And so that's sort of how I look at it. Like you said, it's more of a, a guideline or a roadmap. But if I decide to take a detour, so be it. I love it. Now, tell me a little bit about the program that you use to create this plan that we're looking at. Y'all, again, Patreon supporters get to see this. And y'all can be a Patreon supporter too, so you can see it. But it is the cutest, like, little, like the cutest little doll clothes. I love that. I love doll clothes. I never thought about it like that. That's cute. I'm like, but the doll is you. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I'm like, oh, you need some little tabs on the shoulders so I can fold them over and <laughs> And put them on your picture. You know what? Now you're giving me new ideas. You're giving me new ideas. Okay. That's me. I, I'm an idea factory. I can't help it. <laughs> so 
Going back to your earlier question about the engineering and how that ties into my hobby of sewing, this is one of the many ways that it does. This is Adobe. Now, you could probably use Illustrator, but I'm not as familiar with Illustrator. So I actually do these in Adobe Photoshop. Okay. And you can do something similar in paint because I do understand that Adobe, you know, comes at a cost. You can't really do the patterns, but you can definitely do like the solids, color blocking, stuff like that. So, yeah. So I have a YouTube video that actually walks you out through how to do this because I used to get questions a lot. So I did a video because I wanted everybody to be able to do it, too. And I do this because I can't draw. Hmm. I'm not a sketcher. I can maybe imagine it in my head and uh, sort of know how I want it to turn out, but I don't know how to translate that to other people to see with my hand, which sucks because my dad is an artist. Really pisses me off that I didn't get that talent. You got a lot of other ones though, so no complaints. I can't be greedy, you know what I mean? So I decided that I decided that, oh, I can do this thing that I do at work, but I can use it for this. Yep, let's do it. So that's where this came from, because usually, like I said, I can sort of visualize it in my head. But, you know, sometimes I love the color block and there's nothing color block really on this board, but I love the color block. And sometimes in your mind, you're playing with the placement of like, do I want the darker color here or the lighter color here? Or do I want these two the same color or different or, you know, whatever. And um, what I would do is I would print out the line drawings from the website of whatever pattern I was trying to use. And I would like color it in with a colored pencil. But then girl, I'm going I'm to put that in a folder. It's going to be in a drawer. I'm not going to know what I do. I don't know where it is. I had, it. it was just here a minute ago. It was just on the court board. I don't know where it is. So that's when I moved to doing it digitally. One, because I can sort of do it faster. And two, yeah. because I can save the file. I, I'm not going to lose the file. So that's that's sort of why I ended up doing it that way. But if, if, if you have access to Adobe, you can certainly do it. Watch my YouTube video. I walk you through it. Um, and if you don't have access to Adobe, you can definitely do it in Microsoft Paint, which is free. It comes on, I think, all Windows machines. I'm sure there's something you can do it in an Apple. Sorry, Apple users. This is not like drawing. Anyone can do this. <laughs> and I just take the line drawings. And then if I have um, a picture of the fabric or if the fabric is available, like if I bought it online, then mm-hmm. I just take a screenshot or save the image of the fabric. And then you just blend them together. I really love it. And what we'll do is I'll make sure that the link to the video of walking people through drawing the line drawing will be included in the show notes for this episode. So y'all listening to this episode, you can go to the notes and it'll have a direct link to Tiffany's video. So you can see how you can adapt these techniques for yourself. Now, it's hard to believe that you've been in this game for almost 10 years. And Black Sewing Network has just celebrated its one year anniversary. And so I've seen you doing sew alongs with them. It's just so wonderful that your, you know, your influence and career has extended, of course, that long, but also that it's something that gets, it's renewable. It's always something new, something different. Can you talk about what it's like to be on the Black Sewing Network and doing the sew alongs with them after having such a long, decade long influencing career with other forms of media? So it has been a blast. If you know about Black Sewing Network, you know about Carmen. And Carmen is going to annoy you until you do what you want her to until you do what she wants you to do. Like there's just no, you can't, it's not even worth fighting. Just go, if she asks you, just go ahead and do it. So, so I think that she had started it. Like I'm sort of new, like I'm not an OG BSN per, like watcher, but not like participant. Yeah. And yeah. I was not hesitant about TikTok, but I was like, I just can't figure TikTok out. 
And she was constantly like, everybody, y'all need to go live. You need to go live. If you got no followers, you need to go live. And I was like, well, I have the followers. She's like, why you ain't going live then? And I was like, what am I supposed to talk about? Or what am I supposed to do? And she's right. like, well, just so something. And I was like, don't nobody want to see that? She was like, they do. And I was like, oh, Carmen. So it, it, it did take a little persistence. But once she talked me into it, it was so fun. Because one of the things that you don't really see on my YouTube channel is so long see tips and tricks you see how to's you see other things but you do not see so long because i did too and them things took me like all day i think the problem is is that i'm not patient and i'm a quick sewer so setting up the camera getting the right angle talking through step by step makes it a project take three times as long it's very true that's true and i was like i'm not interested in doing this like i'm not i'm not (laughs) gonna do this anymore but when you sew live with Black Sewing Network, one, you're not sewing alone because I love sewing. It is an amazing hobby. Yes. It's a hobby that's also productive because like you walk away with the tangible thing. That's true. So I, I very much love it, but it is, it can be very solitary. Yes. Yes. Because typically it's you, your machine. That's right. In your space, whether that's a whole floor, a loft or a corner at the dining room table, like. It's still just you and maybe people walking by. Exactly. And so the Black Sewing Network makes it like a group activity all of a sudden. It's true. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like we sew it. I don't even care if you jump on my live if you ain't sewing what I'm sewing. Like just the fact that we're both sitting there sewing is like, yeah, let's go. Exactly. Yes. That's probably my favorite part of TikTok is the live component because you can go live on Instagram, but they make it more difficult. So I think Carmen had just like, ingenious multi-million dollar idea when she was like oh yeah we just gonna do a whole thing just sewing sewing all the time and I was like this is genius and so now that I did that first one where I was a a guest I think she was hosting it was a Sunday service and I was a guest and I was like oh oh I like this (laughs) so when she was trying to get people to join in to do the power hour I was like I'll do it I'll do one. I-, I can do one. And then she was like, okay, we're doing all the uh, the know me patterns. We're doing those for fall. Who wants to do them? I was like, I can do one of them too. So like, she's like, oh, you got, you caught the bug now. Yes, Carmen. Exactly. Now you got to admit she was right. That's what you just got to admit it. <laughs> I guess. But yes. <laughs> I really do love that because it's a way to keep the pipeline of sewing flowing. There's, I think something that I have, am learning is that not everybody who follows you is on one place. Yes. I'm on Instagram a lot because that's what I'm used to. I've like them just started on IG. Sometimes a little bit of Facebook stuff to promote the show. And I post on all the platforms to promote the episodes. But in terms of being there, I'm typically on Instagram. But TikTok is is huge and it has a much better search engine feature. It's one of the top rated search engines even outstripping Google, people would go to TikTok to look for something. Yes. To learn how to do something. So to be there is kind of worth doing in terms of discoverability. And I just love how Carmen made it easy for me to get started because I wanted to do it, but they have that 1,000 follower threshold, which is not that easy to get if you don't have like built-in connections ahead of time. So I was just really fortunate. I had some followers on a, a pretty empty account. And I, and Carmen looked at it and she was like, you need to post more. And I was like, okay. And she's like, okay, we're going to help you. And so I, and it worked out great. But I think the hardest part, and I think we might've mentioned this earlier is like the demands of social media. 
Do you have a good strategy or practice that you found for yourself about how do you appear? How can you promote the project of Tip Stitch in all these different social platforms? So I'm going to say that I am continuing to work on that. Okay. Because my mother used to say as a child, like everything ain't going to go well. Either your house is in order and your job is a mess or your job is going great, but your kids are acting up or your kids and your husband are great. And then something like something's falling apart all the time. Right. And so just because there's so many different modes and all the modes are different, yeah. which is what I do like about like TikTok live is like no one is expecting perfection. It's not the same as recording so along because you're doing it live with me. If I have to unpick it, y'all gonna watch me unpick it. Exactly. And then I think that's also relatable because then people realize that everything doesn't come out daisies every single project. Like sometimes you got to undo some things, right? So I feel like my initial approach was just to share whatever I was sharing on Instagram on all the platforms. Okay. That definitely didn't work because each platform has a different target market, I guess, right? Yeah. So on Facebook, you can do a little bit of everything. You can do the videos, you can do the still images, you can do um, live, you can yes. put a lot of text if you want. Twitter never worked for me because sewing is a visual media. So it's like, why would I put that on Twitter? Like, this ain't for pictures, which is why Instagram always made the most sense for me because it was like, it's photos and a little bit of blurb, but it's mainly about the photo. And exactly that way, it's just like, oh, look at pretty pictures. Just keep swiping, keep swiping. And then I guess I should have known we were in trouble when Instagram and YouTube started adding the reels and the shorts. And I was like, oh, so TikTok ain't going nowhere. I guess I got to go over there and join. Okay. Yes. yes. Or the short form video. Everybody's going to be doing it now. Right. So I was like, crap, this is not going anywhere. Okay. Now I got to figure out how to do this too, because I already told you I didn't love doing the pictures, but I worked that out. So now I got to figure out how to do the video too. Man, y'all asking for a lot. And then I got to do a vertical video for TikTok, but I also got to do a horizontal video for YouTube. Like, what do y'all want from me? I need an assistant. (laughs) So I'm learning now how to sort of, what I'm working on, I have not 100% implemented yet, but what I'm working on is figuring out a way to, as I approach each new project, because as Carmen loves to say, you're doing the work anyway, right? You're sewing it, you're cutting it, you're putting it together, you're wearing it, you're doing all, you might as well like document it. So what I'm trying to do is as I'm starting a new project is identify what I want to document and then market that to the medium that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yes. That's why. Pattern reviews will probably mostly still stay on my blog. Yeah. Because I initially started my blog really as a sewing diary to myself. So I'm going to want to remember the changes and the size and like, so the review is going to live there. The still photos are the fittest garments that are more curated will stay on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever gets shared on Instagram probably will get shared on Facebook because they just, they work so well together. And then TikTok will be more behind the scenes and the work that goes into it. So I feel like any, like that's not a, a magical solution, but I think that you just have to figure out what you want to, to highlight and then put that up amongst the platforms. I think it's a great strategy. Because it's kind of like you're using everything that you're doing and you're not trying to put everything in all the buckets. You know, you're not trying to do behind the scenes plus reviews, plus so along, plus um, educational promos. You're not trying to do everything in all the places. 
because you'll just burn out. You'll burn out trying to recreate it for each for each thing. So I I, I can't do that. I tried, and it's it's tiring. Yeah, and it's meant to be fun at the end of right. the day. Oh, gosh, this has been so wonderful, Tiffany. I'm so grateful to you. I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody at the end of the Stitch Please podcast. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. What advice do you have for our listeners to help us get our stitch together? Oh, man. See, this goes back to me being talkative. I have so many. My main one, though, is basically what Nike said. Just do it. Most people will say that you regret things that you didn't do, not things that you did. And I agree. I feel like if it's something out there that you want to try and you in any way, shape or form have to the means to do it, do it. If you want to sew, learn to sew. If you want to make shoes, learn to make shoes. If you are afraid to make a certain brand of pattern because everyone says that those are harder, screw them. It might have been harder for them. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Make that pattern. If you want to challenge yourself with a bathing suit, make a bathing suit. If you want to challenge yourself with the wool coat, make a wool coat. Like whatever it is, do it. Sitting around worrying about how it's going to turn out ain't going to get you no coat. So just go ahead and cut the fabric and just try. If it fails, it fails, but at least you try. On that note, we are so thankful to Tiffany Turner. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, We will make sure we have links to your socials in the show notes, especially that video to show us how to make that wonderful plan. That's really great. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. 